Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of BB and Budgie's Thursday Night Recce and fantastic for us to have one of our international visitors from the 2023 Brian Green Property Group New Zealand Rally Championship with us this weekend, Glenn Elkhorn. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us a uh, this evening and and B throughout the year. Yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, it's been it's been great to be part of the championship all year and uh, well most of the year anyway. And uh, it's good to catch up in the end. Yeah. Now, yeah, most people we sort of say, "How'd you get involved in rallying?" And you grew up in Ireland, right? It, it's pretty well a, a religion over there, but. Where did the desire to start driving come from? Oh, it definitely came from a very young age, um, growing up in rural Ireland and in Donegal, as you say. If uh, I think uh, the rallying came ahead of the football, so it did. Every other household had a rally car, and I remember when I was young, sitting in the old wrecks of cars, calling the notes and pretend we're going over stages, and we the car wasn't even moving, but. Um, yeah, just watching the rallies throughout the year, seeing all the greats coming through, coming to Donegal. Like it's uh, all you want to do is just wait to get out there yourself. So, yeah, it's always been a passion. So, did the, did you get into into driving before you left Ireland, or did that come when you moved made the move out to Australia? Uh, probably driving from when I was about thirteen or fourteen, more on the track rally sprint stuff on tarmac. Yep. And then uh, I did my first sta- uh, stage rally when I was. Um, maybe 18 or 19, it was in my local Harvest Donegal rally uh, and a Mark II Escort that I hired. And it was mostly tarmac I did then. I moved to Australia in 2010. And when it, while I was out here, I was able to purchase a car, return to Ireland in 2011 through the Donegal rally. Yep. Uh, did that did that for a few years, um, whenever I could during the summer, a couple other rallies as well, mostly tarmac. And I, we managed to squeeze in one gravel rally Lakelands Rally in 2012 or yeah, 2012. That was my only time I ever drove on gravel. Um, but apart from driving, I was navigating from when I was young. I've sat with you know a lot of quick men from from around my own Donegal and and that both on gravel and tarmac. So the interest was always there. It was just more the accessibility with living in Australia and trying to get settled in here. I didn't get rallying as much as I could till uh, till the later years. Absolutely. So um, we fast forward a few years and, and um, tell us a little bit of the story of the, the Blue Escort and how that came to be. And, and obviously, yeah, that, that's been a fairly rapid machine in, in the Western Australian gravel scene. Yeah, well, I guess since I landed in Australia, I was following the gravel rally and I wanted to get into it. I did a couple of years navigating um, and then I started building the Escort. I said, I want to get out there. I can... I know we could we, we have the capability of being up there like so um yeah we built the escort at the start like I, I guess i was never a fan of an rs2000 i definitely wasn't a fan of a four-door escort but i i managed to get my hands on this uh absolutely mint four-door rs2000 original australia car yep. and i thought well this is sitting here i can build this or i go and buy a two-door just all rusty and have to spend a heap of time welding it up so that's how the four door came about. We built that car um, originally with just a four speed box and two liter Pinto back in 2019. Um, we did our first year, we did two years with the Pinto. And um, from, I think we won our first two wheel drive rally on the at the end of our first uh, year in 2019. And then throughout the years, we developed the car. We moved on to Duratec engine, two liter and uh, sequential gearbox and better suspension as we got quicker so um 
yeah, we've had some real good battles here in WA with the with the local guys and that there, but we just never seem to put a championship together. It's been a case of the possibility of winning the championship the last three years before I went to New Zealand, but from one thing or another, mechanical reasons, fault to my own, that we never seem to just put the whole thing together. Yep. So where did the plan to come to New Zealand, how far back does that go? Uh, well, I've always wanted to go to New Zealand since I arrived in Australia. It's always been the plan, but um, to bring the rally car to Australia or to New Zealand was probably only came to light in the last couple of years, and then COVID kind of affected that. Yeah, um, I was kind of set back a year or so, and then I think the realization was that I wasn't going to get a championship here because um, <laughs> I put I put so much focus into trying our best, preparing our best, and. Uh, giving it 100%. And I thought, you know what, what I need is I need a year out. I'm going to go to New Zealand. I had no expectations. It was basically go there, have fun and see the country because um, I'd never been to New Zealand before and that was part of it. So it was like go and tour around and do a few fun rallies and uh, didn't have the expectations to uh, be battling near the front. Yes, you got here. Otago was your first one. And uh, I mean, tell us about your impressions of that when you when you got here and you're doing Ricky and, and um, must have been a bit of an eye opener. Yeah, it definitely was. It was uh, definitely a change of road stuff. Like we're used to more forestry, uh, national park stages here. Roads just uh, lined with trees, narrow, tight and twisty. Not these big fast out balls out stages. Like, so it was like, you know, um, I took a bit of getting used to like we were, I was used to it from the tarmac, I guess, but not, uh, not with this car on gravel. So just to get that confidence, and to do the recce with them, you know, it was just a bit of a different for us where we normally go and do our own thing and, and make our notes. Whereas just doing the convoy recce, it was all new. And I Sean McMacken, one of my previous co-drivers, it was his first rally beside me, like in four years. But yeah. listen, we, we basically, we went there just for the crack, like, and, and we thoroughly had it. Like it was, it was brilliant experience. It seemed like the rally that, no one wanted to win in that open two-wheel drive class. You and Dan Haynes were sort of trip, tripping over each other, having issues. And <laughs> uh, that first stage, hey, whenever I, the, the throttle linkage broke me in that first stage, uh, I just came on John D. Bresno where he, where he was parked along this road, and I just stopped, and I didn't know what was wrong, and I was just my heart sunk. And, yeah, we, we got out and we fixed the... The throttle linkage with some trusty cable ties of it we lost about 15 minutes in the process but it got us back to service and we got to finish the rest of the rally trouble free um you know but yeah it was it was just a case of uh, a bit of bad luck but anyway it was the rest of the rally was brilliant yeah and you went from there to to Whangarei again a totally different um rally again right yeah, it was different, definitely very unique. I uh, love the roads up around Whangarei, like they were definitely them cambered roads that were brilliant. But I think I went to Whangarei with a lot more confidence than I than I went to at Otago, basically because I really wanted to get the first one over and done with before I wanted to put it to put it any kind of push. I wasn't gonna be the person that left Australian land, New Zealand and, and put it in the ball in the first rally. That wasn't my plan. So uh <laughs> I had to get through Otago. When I went to Whangarei, I was I felt more confident to to have a bit of push at, at the front boys. Like and um, yeah, I think we did. We showed our speed uh, better at Whangarei. 
yeah, you were battling a few break issues, though. It's probably not the, the rally you want to be. Um, no. uh, I, I think I watched some of your in-car in the last stage, which is particularly uh, gnarly across the last few Ks. It's not, not really somewhere you want to be running without a heap of breaks. Yeah, well, we actually that break problem was that it was in Otago, and I, and I, and I didn't realise the issue was there. I was losing the breaks in Otago as well. But I thought it was because the stages were that fast and I was breaking hard that like I wasn't used to it and it was happening. And then in Fangaray, we actually got stopped. We we stopped on a road section at a traffic lights with the brakes completely locked up. And I, we had to take the wheel of the car and open up a brake bleeding nipple to, to release the brakes. Wow. And um, yeah, that got us back to service. But yeah, the front brakes, were, once they got hot, they started to jam on the pedal box. So... Yeah, it was, it was a bit of scary at times when you when you go for the pedal and it wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's never a nice feeling. So, so after two rounds, I think you and Dan might have been separated by a, a point off the top of my head. Did you think, man, this this might be on? We might be in in here for a championship um, in New Zealand. Oh yeah, definitely. I was getting plenty of stick back here in WA anyway. The, to make sure I bring a trophy back, like there was a, I think it added to the pressure. But listen, I, I enjoy that. Like I, as I said, I went for a bit of fun, but um, yeah, once I knew it could be up there, I, I really wanted to go for it, like and and give it a crack, like. So it was game on at that stage, getting ready for um, round three. It Timaru uh, started well. Uh, certainly, you you showed that you weren't scared of the icy, slippery uh, forestry stage. No, we had a good run through that. I don't know. I think we were seventh or eighth quickest overall through the the forest stage. But as I say, it was kind of what I was used to, you know, just being tight and technical and uh, picking my way through the stage and just finding the grip and then where, where there was grip to give it a charge again. Like, so, you know, at the time it felt slow, but I guess it wasn't as slow as everyone else. But uh... <laughs> 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 yeah, it was good. It was a, definitely a different stage completely to the rest of Timaru because the rest of it was flat out like so yeah it was just just getting your mindset I guess of uh coming off them big fast stages to to putting it together to pick your way through the gravels the, the forest stage it was uh it was just about changing changing your thinking it was that really where it really started to come undone one I think it was a, a drive shaft failure though first of all we ran I don't really know what what happened but we ran a bit wide on the corner and uh we ended up bending a steering arm but we got two punctures so we punctured the front right and the back left so we were stuck along the side of the road we got back to service but um there was we we got we got going again but there was a bad vibration in the car and i knew i'd lost time along the road but there was also the power stage points so i was really eager to get going again to try and get salvaged some power stage points and yeah it was the drive shaft ultimately that was out of balance and that um, just left me sitting along the side of the road with uh, a broken gearbox and a broken drive shaft so that was a new point from that one yes yes um and then uh, daybreaker it's good to see you you're still wearing the shirt <laughs> i think it i think it's renamed the car breaker now for me to be honest but uh yeah <laughs> Fantastic half of a rally, though. Uh, it was all going well until it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we started off well in the first stage. Um, you know, I always try to try and do a good first stage if I can to set the scene for the day. And then into the second stage, came around a corner and I was like, fuck, this, this is loose. But it wasn't it was loose at all. It was the front wheel was coming off the car. Um, 
the front stub axle actually broke about a kilometer, not even a kilometer into the second stage. And uh, yeah, the wheel ended up over the over the ditch, so we're left stranded along the side of the road. So that was ultimately us kind of, you know, that was our day done. But we got a suspension, we got it back in the car with the help of um, Tim Smith and Kieran coming out and rescuing us and the, the Pad and Rally Group boys for, for helping us get the suspension and then fixing the brakes and, and stuff to get us out and going. So we rejoined the rally for the second loop or third loop. Yep. And I think you know, we we set a pretty quick stage time again. We're trying to settle back in to to get ourselves some power stage points was, was the goal. And um, yeah, we came unstuck on stage six when we we went into that forty-two kilometer stage. And I remember saying to Johnny, "We need to we need to get ourselves a rhythm here. Like you know, just we'll just find a nice rhythm and we'll pick our way through it." Like, and we made it a kilometer and a half up the stage, and we ended up on our roof, as you all know. So yeah. <laughs> It was uh, it probably wasn't quite the the start to the forty two kilometer stage we wanted, but the speed at the time felt comfortable. It wasn't. I didn't feel like I was pushing. It was just um, looking back. I like to analyze actually what happened when I do do something wrong. And for me, it was was a wrong written pace note. Like I I was I feel I was driving to my notes, but I just got the note wrong. And uh, yeah, it just ended our our day very abruptly. Yes, yes. The good news is you found your ten mil spinner though, because those uh, always disappear. Well, uh, actually, that's probably one I nicked of someone else about three years ago. I think it was their ten mil spinner. It <laughs> 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 was actually the first thing I seen when I was upside down was the ten mil spinner. Yeah, and, and then I asked Johnny how he was, but yeah, no, it was a good day. <laughs> so just talk us through, yeah, how how bad, uh, you know, is the car obviously not fixable in the in the three weeks before Bay of Plenty, but um, yeah. How, how bad and what, what does the future sort of look like? Uh, yeah, there definitely wasn't a chance. Not was was living in WA, like um, there's no chance of us having that car fixed for for the Bay of Plenty. So that was our season over, which was gut wrenching. Um, the car itself is fixable, like most escorts are fixable. <laughs> Economically fixable is another thing. Like um, I think it might go down a different route at the moment, and. Uh, you know, maybe go for a two-door car um, and maybe through time bring the old group four-door back to, to life. But it, I think the quickest fix for me at the moment would be to reshell the car into um, to another one like in, so I can try and be at Otago for the start of next year. That That's the plan, is it, to, to come back and, and have another crack? Yeah, I definitely want to be back competing in New Zealand next year. Um, I would like to give Otago another go because I feel like we didn't give it our full potential. You know, we didn't shine as much as we could have done like at Otago. I would definitely see going back now, especially with writing fresh pace notes, never been there before. To go back and do a second run at a rally is definitely something I want to do. So um, to see how my calendar is for next year, I'll definitely, but Otago's uh, definitely on the list. Just talk us through, as you say, coming from Western Australia, competing in New Zealand. So it's not even like it's just over the ditch. You know, you you're way over the other side. Just give us an idea of some of the logistical challenges that that sort of creates. Yeah, well, I guess the first thing is getting away from work. Um, I've got a good team of boys around me here. My um, business, BMG Autos, like the lads, they you know let me off my leash and, and go and look after everything while I was away. So. 
that was the biggest, or not the biggest, but that's the first hurdle. Um, getting the car to New Zealand, um, it was helped out by numerous people. But in New Zealand itself, I was so grateful, like the amount of people that, like all the competitors that helped me out throughout the whole year. I could, I feel like I could have parked the car than in any town in New Zealand and there's someone there willing to help open up their doors, use their workshop. And that's basically what was done for the year. Like I, after each rally, I, the next day after each rally, I spent prepping the car for the next one, or maybe it took two days, but it was always in other people's workshops. It was people I had never met before that opened up their doors to me and uh, and the other competitors that helped me move the car around in the store while it was in WA. Like it's it, from a small team come from WA, it would not have been possible without the competitors in New Zealand that helped help me out. Like so, yeah, it made life a lot easier. But um, but yeah, I was very thankful for it all. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic community that we have here, and it, it's great to hear that you know we um, you know, have competitors that that um, you know, do that sort of thing and, and help out um, our brothers from across the ditch. And yeah, you know, it's been been fantastic that you guys have made the commitment and come over here. It's um, yeah, you know, I think we've all really enjoyed having you here, and you know, good sense of humour and a good push on attitude, and um, yeah, we really hope that we. Um, we you know, see you at Otago and, and you know, events from there in the future. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Otago's just the first one on the thing. It, I think we, we may miss, depending on what way the calendar is, we'll, uh, we may miss something mid-year because we hope to return to Ireland to do the Donegal International Rally. Um, but yeah, we'd like to be Otago, Whangarei, um, and I, I'm not sure what the calendar is of yet, Like, so we'll just see what, but I believe the Whangarei may be moved to the later part of the year so I think we should be fit to manage that one and then we'll just figure out in between if we can get to another two or three or as long as I'll keep all my sponsors on board hey I may make it back for them all but <laughs> and, I, and I have to say like that's definitely you're asking me about logistically why like but um financially while I, I couldn't possibly have done what I told my sponsors like it's I, I have a great team on board and they always message me and see how I'm doing and and give me that support to be there like and so without my sponsors and my co-drivers johnny and sean and like uh, the whole year wasn't possible without them like i'm just a driver but it's my it's the support that i have that that got me to new zealand so um yeah we just hope we can bring that back next year absolutely make sure you sign them up uh, mate and we'll, we'll gladly have you back <laughs> <laughs> but, um, hey, re really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to to have a chat with us, and and um, as I say, really appreciate you making the effort to come across during the year as well. But um, yeah, thanks thanks for the chat, Glenn, and um, we'll let you let you carry on. No worries, and we'll we'll see you for a pint on the other side, or maybe a wee bog in a bowl. Oh, twist my arm, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, good to chat to you.